welcome to the Passenger Podcast. This continues the series called Why Get Help Instead of Suicide. Coming to a close, but I wanted to highlight the experience that I had, the brief experience, but significant experience I had at the shelter. I was released there from the hospital and As I reflect on these experiences, it really, really shows me how I had to go through this and also be mindful through it all in order to really, really transform. And I want that to be expressed as I have an email associated with the podcast some other social media I don't use too much, but especially the email. I want to make very clear that I'm looking at this retrospectively and that I am in an increasingly better place at this point. But I also share that because it takes going through things to grow. And I don't want this sharing of experience to frighten someone to the point where they don't get help. That's not the point of me sharing this experience and being vulnerable and expressing myself to the world, literally. The purpose of me sharing this experience is not only for me, but for someone who may think that who may think that ending their life is not only the only solution but the best solution and I would be a liar if I didn't say those thoughts just randomly disappear the second you walk out the hospital that's not how it works it is a lifetime of work but what I hope to provide is perspective. Perspective can sometimes be the only thing that gets you from one minute to the next. And so I hope to provide a level of perspective that doesn't diminish my pain or anyone else's, but simply allows me to step back and look at it all. There are times of that I'm not proud of, I'm shameful of, but there are also times that as I'm reflecting on this, I do so with my head held high. And I hope that kind of perspective that if you look back this is what I do with this podcast. If you look back at the things that you've survived and endured, it's not about wearing it as a badge of honor, but it's about celebrating the fact that you're still here to fight another day. And being cognizant of the fact that You get another chance 
to be better. Because if we want to be totally honest with ourselves, that's what this podcast is for for me. If it was all about ending it, I would have done that already. I want more. I want more out of life or else I would have taken death already. There's nothing stopping me from doing so. And from a lot of people listening, there's nothing stopping you either. And I don't say that as a challenge. And I don't say that to instigate. I say that as a reality. And so if you're still here, if you're still listening, in my case, if I'm still talking, that means I'm still here for a reason. So I just wanted to start out with that. That the goal is not to scare someone out of getting help or scare someone to get help or scare... It's not about that. It's about providing perspective and insight and just letting someone else know that they they too can get through it, whatever they're going through. So nonetheless, continue with talking about my time at the shelter and I have to actually back just a little bit in time because in the last episode I ended with it with me just going to sleep for the night but there was there was a little not even a little it was a significant moment that happened prior to that and just a quick recap two flags had already happened red flags the first was when I first arrived and seeing the front desk person carelessly plop my medication on the back desk with other random items. And how that felt. And then for them to to wait in, in the medication line for my medication and to be told it's not in yet. Thought that was strange. Nonetheless, went upstairs and one other thing happened before I fell asleep. I was sitting on the bed and just the light of the TV on I think at that point my phone had died. And without any warning or sign, the door, front door of our room burst open. And it's one of the uh, one of the people from downstairs, one of the employees from downstairs. Burst open the door looks around and then walks back out and closes the door. 
And I'm still, maybe it was just the experience alone that made me so exhausted that I fell asleep. But, and and, and didn't have necessarily a, a huge reaction to that moment at the time. But when we talk about red flags... When I talk about triggers and anxiety, I could not have imagined a more triggering environment to enter The reason why that employee was able to burst in, other than not just the fact that they're an employee, there are no locks on the doors. You can't lock the door to the place where you rest your head. And so they were able to just walk in without provocation, without rhyme or reason. Just walk in and look around and walk back out. For someone who has dealt with isolation, anxiety, To have that level of invasion of privacy it was maybe I was too numb in that moment to really take it in and I'm glad because I if I'm honest I did sleep well that night I slept well but that is a moment that set in motion a lot of thoughts. I can tolerate a lot of things. And being in the hospital, you have to make a lot of sacrifices and you give up a lot of amenities or privacy in the hospital setting but it came with the support of staff it came with the support of doctors it came with the camaraderie of patients here or or there I should say there in the shelter it came with none of that it came with none of the support And it came with none of the amenities. And it came with, on top of, on top of all of that, you're locked in here. Presumably you're not going anywhere. And we don't know for how long. You want to talk about triggers? 
I can't think of anything more triggering than my circumstances. Nonetheless, went to sleep and I got up and I told myself I was going to make the best of this. And one thing I noticed, so it's the, it's the, the next morning at this point. I got up, not even knowing what time it is. My phone was dead. Slept well. Showered, got ready, got dressed. And as I'm, as I'm getting myself ready, I'm telling myself I'll make the most of this. Even with those flags, you know what? I used to have a roof over my head and I'm going to make most of this. And what did that mean? As I got out of the shower, pan around to the room, just one room, three of us there. I pan around to the room and the other two are sleeping. And something about and this is obviously a generalization I don't know them from Adam but something about the way that they slept gave me the impression that this was an everyday thing and they probably didn't do much most of the day other than watch TV and sleep neat and I say that not to be not to be a smart aleck, because that's ultimately what I did in wherever I was. But I say that because I told myself when I left the hospital that I would do my best to take a different approach to life. And so when I got out of the shower and I see that they still sleep, What that symbolized for me in that moment was if I stayed here, it would be more of the same. That I wouldn't improve. Dare I say, I would probably regress if I stay here. And as I mentioned in other episodes, and as we all know, life is about choices. Some are harder than others, and there are pros and cons to every decision we make. But as I saw them sit there, or in this case, sleep, I asked myself, did I want that for myself? Did I walk aimlessly to that, to that hospital? For nothing, just to end up here for an indefinite amount of time. Is this, is this what it was about? Would I be better after this situation? Because at that moment, 
I saw it as being as a sitting duck. Simply prolonging my existence. And the whole point of going to the hospital was to change that. To change that perspective. That life is not just something I suffer through. And yet, if I stayed there, that's exactly what would happen. It would be me suffering through it. And so those flags, on top of not having my phone charger, I have to give credit to that as well. That was a blessing in disguise as it prompted me to think faster. I didn't have a distraction. I didn't have input from so-and-so and so-and-so. But in addition to those flags, when I panned out and I saw they were still sleeping, I got myself together and I walked to where they said the case manager's office was. Because in my mind, I was going to work fast. I was not going to stay here for six months and eat Cheetos and watch Wheel of Fortune. I wanted to, quote unquote, make the best of this moment. And for me, that meant the next step was work with my case manager, right? I go to the door, bright and early. And the person that answers says, we don't have one assigned for you yet. And let me say this to someone who's been through this situation or maybe even works in these situations. I don't know if that's normal or not. Maybe it's totally normal to not have a case manager right away. Fine. Totally fine. But this is where I take my power back. That was the moment I took my power back. In comparison to the previous night where the lady said I didn't that um, my medication wasn't in. And I just kind of drifted off. That This moment with the case manager not being assigned. That triggered something in me because I was ready to do the work. I was building on that momentum that I had gained in the hospital, taking action, being accountable. And yet I get up first thing in the morning. You tell me the case manager is not available or hadn't been assigned. Let me, let me make that correction. Another flag. Another flag. And I'm ready to do the work. And they're not. Nonetheless, it's early in the morning. I tell myself what I can what can I do in the meantime? I wasn't going to eat whatever nasty food they had downstairs, but I was getting hungry. I knew that. 
But what can I do in the meantime? My phone. Roommates were sleeping. I don't know what made me. I don't know what made made me go through these series of events, but I went downstairs to get my medication. And because I had to take it in at night and in the morning. And as I stated in the previous episode, I hadn't taken it the night before because the lady said it hadn't been in. And I didn't question that. Stupid. That, that, it's so stupid looking at it now, but nonetheless. But I go downstairs and wait in the line again. And I talk to the guy and I say, hey, I'm going to take my medication. And he says the same things the lady said last night. Oh, medication's not in yet. This time I say, what do you mean it's not in yet? I brought it with me. And he looked up. Confused. And there was a bin near his feet that he reached down and had a bunch of um, presumably bags, various bags of medication and he held it up and he said, oh, there it is. And I was The bitterness didn't last in that second, but I mean, it didn't last longer than a second, but I felt it. I felt cheated in that moment, but also um, mad at myself for not further questioning the night before when she said that it hadn't been in. Nonetheless, I took it, and he told me it would be put into a locker. He found a locker for me, locker number 16. And I don't know how I felt about that. I know I wanted my medication back in my possession. I didn't feel like the situation was very organized. But nonetheless, I took my medication. He quote unquote put in the locker. And off I went. Back upstairs. And... As I walk back upstairs, that moment was so unsettling. The idea that 
I didn't have control over my medication. I That still stuck with me. And the fact that I didn't have control over waiting for this case manager. And I didn't have control over someone bursting into a room that I, where I rest my head. I didn't have control over when I came and, and went from this facility. I walked upstairs and I told myself, let me just make my bed. <laughs> Through all of this, that's all I could think about. At the root of it, it was a control moment. I had no control over anything else. No one to talk to. Let me just make my bed. And along with all of the other flags that I had collected in less than 24 hours, by the way, I hadn't even been there a whole day. I take the blanket, the sheet, the pillow. And I begin to begin to fold them and make them neat on the bed. And as I lift the blanket, I see a bug. And to know me is to know. And cleanliness is one thing. You know, having, I've been at those points where I've had a sink full of dishes. Or clothes on the floor. I'm in no way the cleanest person. But to know me is to know that one of the most, the thing I am most frightened of, physical thing, are bugs of any kind. Maybe a, an ant gets a pass, but any other, anything else? Mm -mm. Never. Prior to that moment, had I been subjected to that either, those weren't kind of environments that I've lived in. So that was not normal to me. It was not commonplace for me, not as an adult nor as a child. And when I saw it, I stared. I didn't move. didn't react I found um, some kind of flyer on the table and smacked it and the sound of me smacking it garnered a reaction from one of my sleeping roommates she went Ugh! 
reacting to me making so much noise. And that was the moment when I stopped collecting flags. And this is interesting because it only happened because I needed a moment of control. All I had was a sheet, a blanket, and a pillow. I wasn't, you know, this isn't the four seasons. It's not like I had a whole bunch of things to make up on the bed. And yet, the fact that I took the time to make the bed exposed something that I was terrified of. Which then took me to the next stage, and that was a stage of change. That I could not overlook. I had collected every other flag, and I could justify every other flag. But that, no. The one trigger of mine physical trigger I couldn't let that go I packed whatever little things I'd taken out of my bag and I walked back to that case manager's office and I sat there now mind you they had already told me that I hadn't been assigned one yet, but it had only been maybe an hour had passed or two, so, you know. But I sat there, and I waited to speak with the next person, and she came out the office, and she said, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll chat with you, and I'll be right back. I said, okay. And I pulled out a notebook out of my my backpack and I wrote down all the things that I was going to ask her when she came back. I'll talk about that in the next episode. I had a decision to make. We always have choice. I had a choice to make. So, as always, thank you for listening.